0: Straight from WCHL Studios in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, it's the Sibling of Ravelry Sports Show with Chris and C.L. Brown.
1: Today is a Brothers Brawl special, a mega mash with veteran Seahawk reporter, referee Rich Hallstrom. Also, Katie Injury Talk and Women's
0: Soccer Celebration. Speaking of celebrating, as Father's Day weekend approaches, I just wanted to take the time to say that I am truly blessed to have a hero as my father.
1: Not only because he was a 9-11 first responder, but because he's a first responder to his daughter's heart. Props to all the fathers out there
2: who are all heroes like that. You dig? And now, Time for our own hero responders, villain begonders and athletic ponderers. It's Sibling Rivalry Sports.
0: And now a word from the newest sponsor of Sibling Rivalry Sports, Soul Glow Hair Product Solution. You know you can be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, Hi, this is Velvin Jones for Soul Glow Hair Product Solutions. Soul Glow Hair Product Solutions, your one stop for hair design on the go. And even though neither host of this particular show uses it or, quote unquote, ever will in life, quote unquote, we are confident that their faithful listeners will give us due patronage for our sponsorship of this show. The entirety we will have paid off by the year 2025, thanks to the generous $1 increments per month extended to us. Soul Glow Hair Product Solution, your solution for your hair problem. This has been Soul Glow Hair Product Solution spon- sponsorship. CL! I got a can of Soul Glow for you right here, CL.
2: I thought you were gonna start singing. I'm a little disappointed.
0: <laughs> but you heard in the background. I can I can sing now. You want me to sing it? I could totally no, g- just I let just
2: suck.
0: Oh, okay. I'm just saying, man. You know.
2: You know what, though. I I can say that I'm glad we were both on the right side of history that we never had Jerry curls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the right side. Of history.
0: <laughs> Wait, so those with Jerry curls are on the wrong side of history? You're saying?
2: Yes, man. <laughs> you think? You think anybody who had a Jerry curl? Do you think any of them are proud of that today? <laughs>
0: some, That's some, some folks still have them. Are you kidding me? No, I, I guess not. I'm just glad. I'm see. I'm just glad you didn't see me in my New York City days, right out of right out of college. Because, yeah, I had some hair product solution going in those days. <laughs> Oh, man. That's funny. Just on the top, though, if that matters. I got faded out and was trying to do something on the top. It didn't work. Okay. Moving right along. Move right along, CL. Excited about today's show. Let's get into it right now with the big playback. The big playback. So CL is doing the show today remotely. You know, he's doing some traveling out and about, but he's with us, and we are going to talk about what I like to phrase and term the Durant Conundrum. KD, in the game that is about to take place tonight, will not be present once again after making an appearance and then going back out. Due to another injury or re injury or what have you. Now, but here's the conundrum that we, we, are, we are looking at. I mean, people were clamoring for him to come back. Oh, he's not tough enough. He's not good enough. So they wanted him to come back. And so he did come back. And then he got injured. And now people are like, oh, he came back too soon. Oh, why did he come back? Why did he do that? Why do that? Why do that? Wow. CL and this thing, where do you fall?
2: Well, I think what thing, one thing that people are missing, and uh, I, I, I think my buddy who writes for the Shadow League, Karan Phillips, uh, had had a column about it. Um, we have to factor in the athlete's choice in all of this too, because KD didn't get to where he is, which I feel like right now is the best player in the world. Um, by not being a competitor and by not wanting to play. You know, uh, guys want to compete, man. And and you're looking at Toronto was going to close. Well, they could have closed Golden State out. Um, He felt, I'm assuming he felt like he was healthy enough to give it a go. You know, Um, let me get out there, see how it feels uh and and will dictate whatever happens else you know playing time wise or whatever after i'm out there so um i think that's something that that people are discounting in, in all of this uh blame game and everything um just just the athlete at the center of it wanting to compete so but i, I think in general that uh you know um Sometimes there are situations where where people are I've seen people forced back too soon, but I, I think in this case, I think Katie wanted to play. Um, I think Katie thought you know it, it would be okay and uh, he took a gamble then he lost. but at the end of the day he really didn't lose anything. you know he still got uh, an option year he can if he wants to opt back with Golden State. Um, he can do that and still be paid basically to, to possibly sit out a whole year while he recovers. Um, I think with this kind of injury, he'll probably be out at least till December or January. Um, but he could certainly just be like, I'm not ready and, and take a whole year where he gets paid and still be a free agent um, after another year. So he's still in the driver's seat in all of this, even though, we, we won't see him, you know, play anytime soon.
0: You know, see uh, where I fall on this is I, I want players, I guess, really thinking about my take on it. When someone gets injured, my thought is I hope he makes it back. I hope he does not rush it making it back, and I hope he just gets in a tunnel when it comes to all these opinions and noisemakers out there, and he just says, you know, here's my inner circle, here's the the, the advice and counsel I'm getting, and, and here's my decision based on that, the sound decision. That's, that's kind of what I hope for it. Uh, you know, where I fall, too, is that I think a lot of times, a lot of the opinions and talking heads out here... It, it, have a little bit too much opinion on what a player is capable of doing when we don't know. And a lot of times that goes to, uh, well, they're done. They're, oh, they're, it's over. They're, they're not going to come back. But I tell you, CL, I did a series when I was doing some football writing for the, the website there. I, I did um, a series with Rodney Allen. We call him the sports surgeon. Rodney Allen, a couple times, he was actually never wrong. He was 4-0 in his predictions when it came to athletes recovering from injuries. That It just so happened that every time we talked, it was about an athlete recovering. And one was Dennis Pitt, a tight end for uh, the race. And, and everybody was saying he was done after his second hip injury, and he came back and he led the league in receptions. So, so I think it it is not about you know the talking heads, and it's not about you know all the pressure that comes. it comes. It's about an athlete just you know getting with his inner circle of of people, of influencers, of people that care for him or her, and listening to them and moving from there. A bunch of clamoring fans. Have no idea what that player's going through that's my take
2: yeah i, I think that's it's an interesting dynamic though because I feel like with in katie's case in particular he's he's kind of been a guy who um for as talented as he is he's not as loved as he should be i feel like you know he he isn't somebody who we just celebrate his talent as being one of the best i think it's People have looked at him as being thin-skinned in the past. Um, people, people have questioned him, like kind of like I feel like all along his his journey for uh, I don't know, not doing it the way they think he should do it or something. Uh, obviously, a lot of people criticized him once he left uh, Oklahoma City to play for Golden State as you know just being a bandwagon and and wanting to get a title too easily or whatever, joining a team that was already that had already won the title. Um so I, I think that I think it, it's possible in the back of his mind, along with being a competitor, it's possible that he felt like he had something to prove like he he felt like uh, you know, here we go again this this is gonna just be more fuel for the fodder and and that possibly I mean we we don't know, but that possibly could have been something else that that he factored in. It shouldn't be a factor at all, but uh, in his situation, I think it could have been.
0: Very possible. And, you know, the uh, that's kind of the flip side of it. I think the struggle that I've seen athletes go through a lot is I, when it seems to be, that's the way I'll phrase it, it seems to be the end of their career. Like, lots of injuries coming up, lots of this, lots of that. And and sometimes it seems like athletes don't they don't want to admit it, and that's just pure you know competitor. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are other issues or or there are other factors there rather, but th- that just seems to be like the purest of competitor, and them wanting to keep going when things just keep breaking down. A- especially when you see like somebody maybe sit out and then make a com- a quote comeback. That's rarely do those seem to go well. Rarely, so I do think that there's a time. You know when when an injury is going to dictate you know the timing of it and and the decision and everything like that. But I guess I guess as far as I'm concerned, I think uh, when it when it comes to KD, I think he did the best he could. That that's the way I see it. And it's just it just happened to go this way. I think it you know maybe could have gone another way. It just happened to go this way. Just wasn't his time right now. That's the way I see it. See ya.
2: Yeah. Well. um yeah, it's going to be interesting, the ripple effect, though, because now, uh, as I mentioned, you know, he, he he's coming up on an option year. So does he declare for free agency And with, with teams knowing that he's not going to be around for, you know, at the very least, he's going to miss, you know, the first couple of months of the season, um, which the way the, the new phrase, the new popular phrase in the NBA, load management, where you're, you don't play your best player every game and then try and limit his minutes so you can keep him strong for the playoffs. With, with load management being the trend now, maybe that might be attractive to a team, maybe not. But um, I think it'll be interesting with, with just how, how all of this plays out now because it's, it's no longer clear-cut. Okay, KD is going to be on the open market and you know this team could automatically, say the Knicks or somebody, could automatically get better getting a guy like him so uh it's, it's gonna make an interesting off season for the nba that's for sure
0: That path going forward is no longer clear-cut. I'll tell you something else that is no longer clear-cut, and that is CL's path to victory in the referee-rich competition, which is coming up in the next segment. We have referee Rich Hallstrom joining us from the Pacific Northwest, and we're going to get down and dirty and do it once again. CL's got a win streak going, and, folks, I'm here to stop it right now. you got to come back to Sibling rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to the main event, Sibling Rivalry Sports, 97.9 The Hill. And this week, we are thrilled to bring you Referee Rich Hallstrom. We've got a segment. We've got the man. Ref, Rich, what's going on?
1: Well, I'm ready for the Rocky theme to come up behind me, Chris. uh, (laughs) Give me a little Rocky theme music. There it is. That right hook. There the it North is. The coast is warmed up. It's warmed up. Look, look out now. It's coming at you, <laughs> right?
0: Hook. He could be his own hype man. I just, there, just want to put that out there. Right hook from the left coast. See Rich Holstrom, longtime sports reporter out there covering all things Seattle. He also does a sports program out there on KGNW Radio uh, called Sports Timeout. That's part of the uh, Live from Seattle show. That's Fridays. At uh, what what time is that, Rich? Is that at six thirty?
1: Friday is at four thirty Pacific time.
0: Okay, four thirty Pacific, seven thirty Eastern. On
1: the East Coast. So
0: and just uh, just let me allow me to finish your accolades. Rich, co-author of the Thunder Sports Network book. We wrote that together. So that book is out there and available and it's a fun read, especially with Father's Day, with Father's Day right around the corner. Uh, that that's a great gift for for fathers out there. So uh and, uh, us I think that's it. I think, oh, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I just want to say you might, folks, if you do, uh, find KG&W and tune in, uh, to Live from Seattle, the segment called Sports, T- Sports Roundtable, you might hear a familiar voice besides Rich on that one as well. I just want to put that out there. The villain. I'll uh, give you a hit. The villain. Okay. Cool. I should have my yeah. villain music right now, Rich.
1: Yes. yes. You need the, uh. You need the cape
0: too and the uh, old villain hat. Oh, no. All, all I need is that glove, that gold jewel glove. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. So, CL, uh, we're going to. Um, Rich, Any anything sports wise you got going that's on your mind that you're just pining to talk about?
1: No, I'm still trying to recover from a U.S. women's national team taking over the country of Thailand yesterday. <laughs> With that 13 to nothing romp. They are sending out a search party for the oh. uh, women's national team. Oh
0: my goodness! So, yeah, we're we actually going to talk about that um, in a later segment. Next segment, we're actually going to talk about that. But uh, well, we can get your take on it though, Rich. What what's your take?
1: Well, my take on it, real quick, is you can't uh, deaden the ball in. Uh, Soccer, you can't have multiple substitutions. Uh, Just a case of where the United States far superior to Thailand, uh, and it's a World Cup. You got to come prepared.
0: Got to come to play. Play
1: Plain simple. Okay. Plain simple.
0: All right. All right. That's Rich's take on it. All right. Anything else? I know you were proud of that uh, UW Husky women's softball team out there and the run they had.
1: Well, that was uh, amazing uh, 14th trip to the Women's College World Series, but it's time to get down to more serious business, and that is Referee Rich with question number one to the National Basketball Association and go north of the border to our friends in Toronto or might be enemies if you're a Golden State fan. Does your impression change of Toronto fans since they were cheering during Kevin Durant's injury?
2: Gentlemen. Hmm. I'll take this first as someone who has loved the city of Toronto, um, used to be a place where I would go at least once a year uh, for a vacation weekend. My answer to this is no. It doesn't change my impression of Toronto or Canadians in one bit. I think. Do I agree with with what they did? No. I I thought it was uh, at in the heat of the moment. Um, it was in poor taste. But I think that I think after they stepped back from it, they realized that. Uh, even even to the fact where when they started cheering immediately when he went down on the court. Um, to the time he was being helped off the court back to the locker room, they started applauding. I think, if anything, sometimes in game situations, you don't immediately know the information. You know, like if somebody is, is down on the court, um, it could have been a cramp or something. You know, they, they <laughs> cheered for a cramp. Automatically, they, they knew that he's going to come out of the game. You can cheer for him to come out of the game. You can cheer for him picking up his fourth foul. You know what I mean? He's got to come out of the game. That's. I think there was an immediate reaction, and then there was the oh wait, this is a serious. You know, this is a serious deal, and then that that's when uh, there there may have been a bit of backtracking in that when they are applauding once he actually up. But but the main thing is, let's not be hypocritical here because there are a thousand places, a thousand fan bases that would have had the same reaction, given that this franchise has never won. Uh, NBA title—they've never won a title. This could have been a closeout game had they won uh, uh, Game Five in Toronto at home. And this is the guy that could take all of that away because if he's healthy, Golden State is clearly the better team, and they're clearly going to win, uh, win another title. But he's not, oh, so Toronto is in a position. So I, I think all of those things being considered, I forgive him because let's—I mean, come on, if we <laughs> You think they would have been, (laughs) you think they would have been crying to see a guy of his stature get hurt? No, it would have been the same kind of reaction.
0: Well, then to, to quote you from the last question, I would say thank you for giving me this point. Because you just said, uh, you know, if it were Philly, if, if it were Philly, would they have uh, acted differently or whatever? And that is Philadelphia is our standard for horrible sportsmanship. Hold on. Hold on. I'm taking a side call here from Santa Claus, from Santy Claus, who was booed <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. OK, that's what he said. But anyway yeah the the toronto fans that surprises me i mean already we have drake you know uh barking and and doing his thing on the sidelines which is that that even that was a little surprising just the extent that he was taking it to taking it to them for uh, or taking it to for toronto but the fans you know this ain't hockey this ain't hockey people well, you, you cheer cheering when a, an athlete goes down, and and to the point where U uh, N C alum Danny Green and others had to get up and and, and tell them to calm it down. It, it wasn't like like C L. Oh, by the way, I have a new nickname for C L. Brown. C L. Brown, the People's Defender. That that sounds like a book series to me, and also that could spin off to a movie or maybe a Netflix. You know, and I want to be involved on in a producer credit in that. But uh, anyway, I'm back to the yes, they they you know had to be calmed down by their own people. You know what I'm saying? and they had they had to and then maybe they felt guilty or something when he's getting hauled off oh well okay yeah we need to maybe we should clap or something but that first guttural response of cheering when the dude is down no they didn't think he had a cramp they were hoping he was out come on people this ain't hockey this ain't whatever other sport is going on this is this is you know basketball where you know you you want to be gentlemanly gentlewomanly to the other team good sports and just beat them because you're better which you might do toronto just beat them because you're better but yeah that that knocked them down a notch and i could come up with a list of of areas you know what Let me go ahead and again try to pander to the ref and say Seattle, Washington. Now, Seattle, Washington, pander or not, I don't think Seattle, Seattle Seahawks fans in particular, I can say on on strong confidence that they would not cheer for somebody who got hurt. They would not cheer. They would. If somebody got hurt, they'd see what happened. They clap when he's gone. Yeah, everybody would be saying quietly, "Oh, good. Okay, here we go." But they wouldn't cheer if Kurt Warner went down in one of those those uh, the classic Seahawks Rams battles back in the day. They wouldn't cheer.
1: I don't know what classic Seahawk battles you're watching, <laughs> but I think they would cheer. <laughs> I, I think I myself might not cheer. I have a little bit more. Uh, S- no,
0: no, Rich, uh, no way, Rich, Rich, no something way with the. Sc- Rich, you know I was out there in that f- that that bowl out there. You know, no way would the che- the fans be cheering if somebody if Kurt Warner somebody went down, they would not cheer.
2: Quit trying to influence the ref, quit trying to influence. the ref.
1: <laughs> just, I mean if it's the San Francisco Forty ers so you, I mean if they had a chance to pull Colin Kaepernick's arm off, man, people would be, they would be. They would be up in arms. Oh my! gosh. would be going for it.
0: They'd be up in arms, and he'd be down in arm. Actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, CL, I gotta give it to you. Oh my What's
0: gosh! <laughs> I wanna, What's I wanna, I, wanna
1: I gotta give it to you. wanna
0: daggone replay on that one?
1: Try to besides, try to influence the You tried to influence the and you admitted it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> wrestling. <laughs>
0: Okay, all right, all right, all right And
1: of course The topic of the week (laughs) Who will win? Justin Bieber Or Tom Cruise Is the mission impossible?
0: (laughs) Who's going for a You
2: go first on that Okay, I'll go first. So,
0: um, this is very, very interesting because, you know, what of course what we're talking about is Justin Bieber's Twitcher challenge of Tom Cruise with all the poor grammar and everything. Yeah, he too wants to fight Tom Cruise UFC style in an octagon. And, of course, your boy Conor McGregor has stepped up and said, you know, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, arts and entertainment would gladly uh, support this and we will sponsor this and produce this and let's just see if Tom Cruise steps Up, okay, whatever. But so, you know, I first of all, let's just say I doubt that Cruz will. I doubt that Cruz will will dignify it. But if he, but if he, if he surprises everybody and comes out there. If Tom Cruise comes out there, uh, we're looking at a beatdown of of, of uh, boy wonder there. Okay, here's here's what we got. We got two different generations, and it's very interesting because you know we used to have as action heroes, we used to have like kind of manly men, you know, uh, uh, just Carl Weathers, um, Sly Stallone, Schwarzenegger. You know, Cruise is in that mix. You know, all the uh, the manly men who. Who, who weren't even actors first? They're more stunt types, and then they got Harrison Ford. They got into acting. Whereas now we have uh, Pretty Boys. <laughs> I think. I think if 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 I went to somebody say, "Is Justin Bieber a Pretty Boy?" they "Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he's number one Pretty Boy." So I think Justin Bieber is, you know, he's more of a Pretty Boy now. Now you just think, okay, athleticism. Like, how has he demonstrated it? Well, Justin Bieber's demonstrated athleticism in dancing. You know, you got to be fit and in shape and have your cardio up to do the dance moves, but. Cruz, talking about changing a game like Cam Newton has done, Cruz, temporarily, Cruz has has changed his game in the movies. He's upped his game, especially with Mission Impossible, and he's really become more of an athlete. I mean, a big part of his game right now in acting is running. That's a big part. He loves running. But not only that, these guys have to train in fighting styles, martial arts or whatever. And so Cruz is trained and and do you think the crews as daggone intense as he is would go into something like this without having the best trainer on earth that money can buy the best trainer on earth training him and him going hardcore at it you know for a long time and then coming out there you think he's gonna come out there to lose no he would come out there to win and to shut Bieber down And I think that's exactly what he did. And and so we'd have a sequel to Mission Impossible Fallout. And this will be called Mission Impossible Fall Down. And don't get up, little boy.
2: (laughs) Chris has watched way too many Tom Cruise movies to where he thinks that stuff is real. It's acting. It's acting. Tom Cruise, who says Tom Cruise at 56, is that right? I think so, yeah. Somewhere somewhere watch in it, there. Watch it now. Watch it now. <laughs> watch it, watch it now. <laughs> yes, the, my, my point being, in any sport, you would not take a 56-year-old athlete and put them against someone who was 31 years younger and expect the outcome to go to the... Uh, older person. I mean, I, I can't think of a sport where I would take the older person in in, in any in any stress. So now let's get let's get to you talk about training. How does Jordan Justin Bieber? Do you know who ha- he hangs out with? Floyd Mayweather.
0: Okay. Floyd,
2: he's come out during Floyd Mayweather's boxing matches with him, walking to the ring like with the music playing and everything, and, and being being a, a hype man, sort to speak. In his corner, you think Floyd wouldn't give him a pointer or two on how to knock Tom Cruise out? Tom Cruise is a little dude too. What is he like True. five two?
0: No, he's not dead on five
2: Chris. two. Um, that's exaggeration, folks. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he, 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 Justin Bieber, I, I don't think Justin Bieber is a giant, but Justin Bieber's gonna have a reach advantage over Tom Cruise. Uh, a reach advantage, an age advantage, a stamina advantage. Who's stronger,
0: though, CL? Pretty. Who, who do you think, think is stronger?
2: Pretty pretty easy. I have no idea. Both of them are entertainers. <laughs> I don't look at them as being somebody who I can measure their their uh, strength. But I do believe that I'd give the age to, to Justin Bieber. I give the reach to Justin Bieber. And I give the Floyd Mayweather's in my corner to Justin Bieber. Because at the end of the day, Floyd ain't gonna let Justin Bieber lose. <laughs> he gonna jump in and put stop
1: through, too.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: It, what? Okay. Oh my gosh. Has this week's episode of Referee Rich turned into professional wrestling? What? <laughs> 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 what to do, what to do this week, folks. Let me get some inspiration from on high. And I will say that neither one of these gentlemen are athletes. Neither one of these gentlemen are athletes, but just on the toughness factor alone, I gotta give it to you this week, Chris. I, I can't turn my back on I can't turn my back
0: on Tom Missing Cruz. accomplished. I
1: can't turn my back on Tom Cruise. And as my final salvo, I would kick Justin Bieber. <laughs> <Dan. laughs> I would run him over. I would run him over. I'd pop a wheelie on him.
0: Folks, you got to know that, that Rich Rich Hallstrom uh, sports a wheelchair. So that's what he's referring to with popping the wheelie and running him over and stuff.
1: I would I will take him on for half the money. <laughs> <rich. So laughs> let's, let's
0: put it out receiver. there. Let's put it out Number there. Two. No, sir. You I'm dead serious. Team. I'm gonna tweet that out there. We're gonna challenge him. I let's put that the out winner. there.
1: I want the winner.
0: I took the right, I take the right hood from the left coast. That's what I'll take in that one.
1: Who is currently the face next to the shield for the NFL? <laughs>
0: Am I CL? You take that
2: first, Chris. Okay. You got all right. it.
0: All right, all right. I'm going to shock the entire world right now. Won't
2: be, <laughs> won't be the first time.
0: Hey, hey, ref, I just want to say on the side, I just want to tell you that I, I strongly consider Russell Wilson as this answer. I just want to put that out there. of uh, your Seahawks. Uh, just if that gives me any brownie points. Okay, so um influence the judge. Don't try to influence. All right, so uh um, there's an obvious answer I think that people like to think about but really here's what I'd like to frame this as folks when you say face of the NFL I'm not talking about the face that the NFL wants to be their face I'm talking about who do people right here and now think about when they think NFL football I'm gonna say and I don't think I can be disqualified for this I'm gonna say the former number 7 49ers, Colin. Kaepernick is the face of the NFL right now because that's what people think about when they think of the NFL. They think of the Colin Kaepernick, uh, the, the the controversy, the debate, the argument. That is what people are thinking about. And 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 you know I think you know other players that are good and great and that type of thing. But but the thing is, people love and hate these guys. But with with Colin, he gets much more of a reaction than than anybody else right now. And and because of this. This part of, of just sports history that we're going through, I think Colin Kaepernick is the face that will be associated with this time.
2: I mean, you you obviously, I don't know if you're feeling sorry for me or something. You gave me the win on this, Chris, when you already said there's an obvious choice. That was part of your answer, reply, surrender so on the question. There's an obvious choice. The obvious choice is Tom Brady. Two years ago, I might have just conceded a point on the fact that I back cap. And 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 I would have given that point to you. But uh, he's uh, the fact is, he hadn't played in two seasons. Nobody's automatically thinking of it. You have to bring Colin Kaepernick up to, for him to be part of the conversation. Nobody, hmm. if you ask anybody on the street right now who's the face of the NFL, they're going to go with the guy who just won another Super Bowl. And, and that's, that's another factor in this. It's about wins. First of all, obviously it's about quarterbacks in this day and age. That's True. gonna be they're gonna be the ones at the forefront first, but it's about winning. It's always been about winning. And the Patriots have won more than anybody else right now during the Tom Brady era.
0: CL, is a person on the street gonna say that if they hate him. If they hate him.
2: Yeah, if you're asking them who's the face of the NFL, you're not asking them who their favorite player is. You said who's the face of the NFL. CL,
0: not everybody's as objective them, as you are.
2: So, Chris, I can counter with the same question. If you hate Colin Kaepernick, if you think what he did was wrong in any way, shape, or form, or fashion, are you going to say Colin Kaepernick? No. Okay, thank you. That means
0: they're not going to say Brady either.
1: This is easy.
2: easiest time, Brady.
0: Could be Russell Wilson. Just want to throw that in there and again.
1: This, and this decision is mighty, mighty easy. CL, I got to give it to you for logic and reason. And like he's
0: yeah. up. Who cares about logic nothing, and reason?
1: There is nothing <laughs> like winning. And there's nobody who does it better right now than Tom Brady. Nobody does it better. All right.
0: I can't keep taking all these L's, man. I'm taking a lot. I think this is three in a row. Uh, we got to get out of here. This has been great. Referee Rich, thank you so much for joining us uh, for, Thanks, for doing this thing that you do so well, sir. Oh,
1: Mark Bieber. I
0: want <laughs> we're gonna. I, I promise you. I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that. Uh, somehow we. I, I feel like it won't. It won't get much traction. But I'm still gonna put that out there. And we're gonna have an official challenge coming from the sibling rivalry sports Twitter uh, Twitter feed and uh, see if we can uh, get him to respond. Of course, he'd feel sorry and all. that. Oh, come on, I don't want. But you know what? I'm gonna say, dude. You know why you're saying that? Because if you get in that ring with that, he's gonna mess your stuff. So anyway. All right. Thank you, uh, Referee Rich. Appreciate you.
1: As always, gentlemen, it's been fun.
0: Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill, where we always chill. CL, love chilling with C. Rich H. Referee Rich, that was fun. It's
2: always fun winning, so yeah. We need oh to
0: my goodness. Off. That was, yeah, that was not a, yeah. That wasn't where I was going with that, you know? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, uh, hey, I do want to talk, though. He mentioned, and I want to elaborate a little bit on the U.S. Women's National Team Soccer big big win um, recently here over, over this week over uh, over Ty- Taiwan right Thailand. So, I'm Thailand. Sorry, I'm sorry. Jeez, Thailand, Thailand, big win, thirteen to nothing. Uh, but what what was going on with the celebration there, CL?
2: Yeah, they made some waves. People feeling like they celebrated too much uh, for you know clearly a, a game against. Uh, an inferior opponent um, and, you know, I, I get their point. Some people even made the point that they felt like they shouldn't have run up the score the way they did. I, I have zero problems with them scoring 13 goals. Um, I think it's up to, you know, they weren't playing the the junior national team. They weren't playing a group of middle schoolers out there. <laughs> you know, they were playing a group of competent women who made it qualified for the World Cup. You know, they're just not on the same level obviously as as the U.S. team. So, uh, I have no problem with them scoring. Uh, you know, that's one of the tiebreakers in World Cup play that that could come into play um, the, the goal uh, differential. So, you know, I have no problem with that. I do, however, uh, think that for some of the latter goals, 10, 11, 12, 13, like for some of the latter goals, um, and and they didn't celebrate every time. Well, some of the stuff was just normal kind of celebrating, you know. And and I don't fault them for that. But a, a couple of times, I felt like it was a bit excessive for the the situation. Just putting it in context, you already have this big league. Um, it's it's obviously opponent you're better than. It's the first game of World Cup play, so you know just just. Uh, Giving your guys, uh, giving the rest of the team a nice pound and hug or whatever is good, and keep it moving. That's that's the way I feel. But I do feel like it's being blown a little bit out of proportion here.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, me too. Um, because I, I, y- once you get going, and once it becomes clear, you know that the game has been decided. You know, uh, yeah. It seems like you you want to just tune it down a bit, but I gotta say, the rules are different, you know, in soccer than other uh, sports. In that you can't. It's not like a lot of substituting. I mean, that's yeah. You know, it's just, there, there are things you can't do, and you have you know young women out there who are you know thrilled to be representing the country, and so for them to get a score. They're thrilled. That's something they will tell, you know, generations about, or generations of family or what have you. So, you know, I think uh, I can understand it. I can understand it. It, it To me, is you know, about right where you would think it would land. I think that there are those who are overblowing it and, you know, a little resentful. Okay, yep, uh, that's not a surprise. And then, on the other hand, it is not a surprise that, you know, uh, the the athletes – experiencing this they're excited and they showed it hey that's what we do in in america i mean I if we bring up
2: one one other oh sorry go ahead. no go ahead go ahead i was going to say one, one other aspect of it though was uh after the game um uh the head coach basically said if if there was asked about it and you know uh the head coach basically said if if this was a men's team would we be asking this question um, and I think actually, I think that it was, this particular question was, uh, was tailored towards running up the score, not the celebrating part of it. But, um, I still think that's, that's also fair game for men. Like I, I would be asking the same questions about celebration and everything, um, uh, or, or have the same kind of, of, uh, stance on it. If it were men, um, like when you saw the dream team and they're beating who I think it was like Angola that they beat by like a thousand points, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you know, there's there's nobody was celebrating that. I remember Barkley though getting flack for elbowing the guy, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, you you compete if you if you're you're out there and you're equals, you know. As I said, this wasn't like a junior. Junior league team or somebody they're playing. They're playing people that were were capable of of winning games because they won enough to to qualify and get there. So, uh, but I, I still think it, it'd be universal regardless of of gender.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And you know, another exciting statistic for me, in fact, is that uh, there are almost twice as many athletes coming from the University of North Carolina on that national women's team. Um, than all other ACC schools combined. You add one more, and it would be exactly double. So that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm proud of that. And I hope they continue. And, folks, we are going to continue like we always do. We'll be back next week with a great guest and uh, more great sports banter. Thank you for tuning in. For C.L. Brown, this is Chris Brown, and you have been listening to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The
1: Hill. Keep it right here.